Would you open a Bible with me back to the Gospel of Luke chapter 24, where we will be reading together in just a few moments. It has been good to be with you today. It has been good for me. And I hope that our time together this morning and this evening has been good for you as well. Every story tells, or every scar tells a story. Every scar tells a story. My family and I, on, I believe, our first full day here, as we were just starting to look around for a house several weeks, probably a couple of months before we actually moved here. Roger was driving us around, showing us very various school buildings and ice cream places and things like that. And I remember on that very first day that he pointed out scars on a hillside all the way back from a terrible tornado in 2012. It had been five years at that point, but there were still scars on that hillside. And as he pointed out those scars, he told us various stories. Every scar tells a story. You come home tomorrow with a terrible scratch on your car and someone is going to ask, what happened? And you're going to tell the story. Some of us have chicken pox scars and surgery scars. Some of us are here because someone submitted themselves to a C-section scar. A little boy falls and scuffs his knee this summer and you've seen it just like I have. He'll run in the foyer and you won't even ask. He'll just point out his scab or his scar and he'll be anxious to tell you how he got it. Physical scars tell stories and mental scars, emotional scars, relational scars, spiritual scars, every scar tells a story. It is absolutely remarkable to me your Bible is open there to the Gospel of Luke chapter 24, that the Son of God, even after His triumphant resurrection from the dead, still had scars. You can read all about it in Luke chapter 24. I'll just point out a little bit of the story. Beginning in verse 36, if your Bible is open there, Luke 24, verse 36, there are disciples who have heard incredible things, and as they are talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit, and he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see. 
For his spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and, and were marveling, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? How amazing. The collision of flesh and spirit. They gave him a, a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it before them. John, in his gospel, tells us about the night of that very first day of the week. On the, the evening of that day, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. Every scar tells a story. Thomas hears the story and he can't believe it until he sees with his own eyes. And so a week later in John chapter 20 and verse 27, Jesus appears once again and directly addresses Thomas. Put your finger here and see my hand. Put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Jesus had scars, and every scar tells a story. If you go with me to the next book of the Bible, to the book of Acts chapter 5, I'll, I'll give you time to turn back there. Acts chapter 5, it, it, it wasn't just Jesus, the apostles eventually had scars of their own. In Acts chapter 5, they are standing before many of the very people who were responsible for inflicting their absolute worst on Jesus. And in Acts chapter 5, verse 27, as they're brought before this council, the high priest questions them saying, we strictly charged you not to teach in this name, yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. And it's in this setting where Peter famously says, we must obey God rather than men. The, the rest of the apostles with them. In verse 33, as it becomes clear to this council that the apostles of Jesus are not going to back down, they become enraged and they want to kill these men. And a, a, an aged, highly respected Jewish teacher asks for a moment and, and reasons with them, you need to be very careful what you do here. In fact, we might find ourselves being opposing God. And so in verse 40, having calmed down just a little bit, they call in the, the apostles and they beat them. One should imagine that this evening. I don't know that any of those men in their lives had ever experienced something quite like that. 
They beat them. They, they, they charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not stop. They did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. And it only got worse from there. Saul, who becomes the Apostle Paul, will eventually describe in his second letter to the Corinthians his great labors, imprisonments, countless beatings, often near death. Five times I received from the hands of the Jews, the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Almost certainly it's the incident described for us by Luke in Acts chapter 14 as, as Paul and his companions bring the gospel into a new city, there are Jews from where they have recently been who come and they persuade the crowds and they stoned Paul. They, they threw rocks at him until he fell to the ground and kept throwing rocks at him until they're pretty sure that he's dead. They drag him out of the city. And when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up and entered the city. And on the next day, he went on with Barnabas to Derby. Can you imagine with me this evening how he must have looked the next day? What it would have been looked like, what it would have looked like to listen to this man talk about joy in the Lord. And hope in Jesus Christ. When, when they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and Iconium and Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples. I have to believe Paul didn't look like then what he had looked like the last time they saw him. But can you imagine how powerful it would have been to see this man and listen as he encouraged them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. By the time he writes to the Galatians, he says, I bear on my body the marks of Christ. The apostles had scars, and every scar tells a story. If you turn in your Bibles a little deeper with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, we also will have scars. We will have scars as... Such were some of you. Paul, as he writes to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9, reminds them, reasons with them. Don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? 
Don't be deceived. These things leave scars. I don't care how Hollywood is able to portray it. I don't know, I don't care how how skillfully a graphics designer is able to Photoshop it and, and make it look like the ultimate good life. These things leave scars. Sexual immorality, idolatry, adultery, men who practice homosexuality, thieves, greed, drunkenness, reviling, just hating your your fellow man, swindlers, people who give their lives over to these things will not inherit the kingdom of God, but thanks be to God that by the gospel, the apostle Paul, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is able to write, such were some of you. These were real-life people who had real-life scars from living in the world with minds set on the things of the world. But what what do you do with a, a physical scar? Physical cut. First thing that you do is wash it. Disinfect it. Begin that process of healing and and clearly here he's not talking about physical scars but even deeper he says these things that have scarred your your souls and your relationships with other people and first and foremost your your relationship with God you were washed you were sanctified you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God There are some scars that only Jesus and the Spirit of God can heal. You turn in your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 4. We also will have scars as a new one another. As a part of a a new people. It is not as if once we leave the world behind that now we don't ever have to worry about ever hurting or being hurt again. No, Paul in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 17 writes to Christians and he says, Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. You know what that means? That means at one point, They were walking in the futility of their minds. And they had the scars to prove it. And he's saying, listen, don't don't bring that with you into the household of God. He says in verse 22, put off your, your old self which belongs to your former manner of life. There were scars that came from living that way and And you still have those, but 
You've got to put those things, the, the, the things of the old self off. It, it, it's corrupt through deceitful desires. It's time to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. But you listen to what he says. He's not writing to people who are alienated from Christ. He's writing to disciples of Jesus who are still tempted to give their minds and their tongues over to falsehoods. Speak the truth with your neighbor. We're members of a a new one another. And undoubtedly, you have received scars because of the anger of someone else. And and, and you've probably given scars because of your anger. But listen, be angry as a part of this new one another and don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't give the devil an opportunity. We've all given him enough opportunities and we bear the scars this evening as proof we're a part of a new one another no more opportunities there was a time when you took things that didn't belong to you but you're a part of a new one another let the thief no longer steal but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need there has been Times in the past when with your mouth you have scarred. Your mama may have told you sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt you. And and you've grown up and realized that's really not all that true at all. Words hurt. Words can leave scars that we carry for the rest of our time on this earth. But you're a part of a new one another. Don't let corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace. You're a part of a new one another defined by grace. Even this week, let's take that seriously. Words that fit the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. We bear enough scars from bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander and malice. Put those things away from you. Be kind to one another. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. But you know just as surely as I know, if you fight hard in the strength that God supplies to keep your heart tender, at times you're going to be hurt. At times you're going to be scarred. At times you try and do the right thing and and make some sort of a difference in your marriage, in your home, 
within the Lord's church, at work, at school. You're going to put your tender heart out there and it's not going to go well. It's going to hurt. We also are going to get scars. Can you imagine the scars that young David had? When he went to check on his older brothers and he finds himself in front of the, the king of Israel himself and, and no one else will fight this giant. And, and so David volunteers and Saul in 1 Samuel 17 verse 33 says, You're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. You're but a youth and he's been a man of war from his youth. David says, he's not the only one with scars. Your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lion from the or took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. Can you imagine the scars on David's hands and his wrists and his arms? That lion didn't hold still. As David tried to wrestle that lamb out of, out of his grasp, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. Shepherds get scars. Whether it's you as a shepherd in your marriage, a shepherd of little hearts, shepherd of a Bible class, a shepherd of a local church. Those aren't always physical, obviously. What hurts sometimes more than physical scars of the, are those scars of the heart where years later, David, again, this time would write in Psalm 38 and verse 20, those who render me evil for good accuse me because I follow after good. This is 3,000 years old and it could have been written this evening. I did my best to do good. I did my best to do the right thing and I'm accused for doing what's right. And it left scars. We also will have scars. Just because we follow Jesus doesn't mean we won't have scars. But we could just as easily add and accurately add, just because we have scars doesn't mean we're on the wrong path. Every scar tells a story. So could I leave you this evening with five, five things that stand out to me about such a story. Every scar communicates I was wounded. If I wasn't wounded, I wouldn't have the scar. But I was. 
And we thank God this evening that His Word is full of the aching heart cries of men and women who had scars of the heart, scars of the, of the soul. Two times a week we read as a congregation from the book of Psalms. And I cannot recommend it highly enough, especially as we pass through dark valleys at times. The Psalms are full of testimonies. I was wounded. But number two, I healed. You see, the wound isn't an open wound anymore. It has transformed over time into a scar because I healed. And number three, it it took time. And sometimes that's hard to remember. When the tempest is raging all around us. And number four, in some ways, I can still feel it. I'm guessing some of you have scars like that. I have been ridiculously fortunate in my life. I have not to this moment ever broken a bone, not to this evening ever spent a night in the hospital because of me. I have been very, 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 very blessed. My time will come if I live long enough. But about 25 years ago, Shelley and I were very young and very inexperienced and a long ways away from home. We had only been married for a couple of months and we both had much to learn. And I was around the corner and I heard her starting to yell in our little apartment and I came around the corner to a grease fire that had to be three or four feet high. And I had never put out a grease fire before and if someone had ever told me what to do in such a a situation, I most certainly didn't remember it in that moment. I just had one thought in that moment, we have to get this pan from which four-foot-tall flames are flying out of this little apartment. We lived on the third floor of a, a little apartment complex, and so I grabbed it, and I carefully, as carefully as I could, walked it out of the kitchen and around the corner and through our living room and, and opened the sliding glass door and got it out to the deck. And thankfully, thankfully, it, it eventually went out. But only when I was sitting there on the deck trying to catch my breath did I, I begin to feel on my left foot something that really, really, really hurt. It hurt worse than anything I had ever experienced before. And, and as I look back, I, I realized that I had spilled some of that hot grease that had just made the, the carpet just melt behind me. Well, some of that hot grease had landed right on top of my left foot. And it has been almost 25 years, but if my sock or a sheet rubs that just the right or wrong way, I can still 
feel that sensation. It's been a long time. And it's healed. But in some ways, I can still feel it. Some of you this evening are able to say that in much more serious terms. But every scar tells a story that ultimately ends with one way or another that that wasn't the end of my story. My story kept going on. And I still have the scar. I was wounded. I healed. It took time, and and in some ways I can still feel it. But that wasn't the end of my story. And in so many ways, that is the story of the apostles, of the very first Christians who endured things that most all of us can struggle even to imagine. But the reason they were able to talk about joy and hope and love and peace is because they got scarred, but they were a part of a a much greater story that we're going to sing about together in just a moment based on the truths of Isaiah chapter 53 that someone else was despised and rejected on our behalf. He was willing to make himself a man of sorrows and be acquainted with terrible grief. And as many looked at him, they they had to hide their faces. He was despised. And he bore our griefs. He carried our sorrows. While he was doing it, we, we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed. Our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds, by his scars, we can be healed. And so we're going to sing that song revolving around the deep, deep love of our Father in heaven. We will sing about wounds that mar the chosen one, but wounds that bring many sons to glory. Whomever you are this evening, you have scars or you live long enough and and you'll get them. The question I encourage you to think about as we sing this song is, Is there anyone who can heal those in your life? And if not, we would love to introduce you to the the great physician. Just because we follow him doesn't mean we won't have scars. But he was scarred that we might be healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. But the Lord did a work in him 
so that the worst day, the worst night, the worst week, the worst month, the worst year, the worst collection of years of your life don't have to be the end of your story. Because Jesus had scars. And yet he reigns in heaven. And he intercedes for anyone willing to come to him. And so we sing this invitation song. If we can help you in responding to him this evening, would you let us know how we can help you? By coming up here to the front while we stand and sing together.